everybody, this is Rowan with Preggers Can Be Choosers, and I'm with my friend and um, I guess a mentor of sorts. Yeah, yeah Nicole Morales. And um, we're here in sunny San Diego, which is terribly warm for me, um, but you have all these layers on and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, do other people here, which is kind of exciting. But I was here taking the aware practitioner training for spinning babies, and it was, it was really great. It was really great. And I'm glad you, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Nicole was one of the teachers, and um, I had actually met Nicole, I guess it was over a year ago. Yeah, it was a year and change, because it was October. <laughs> and we met in, uh, it was in New Mexico, and we were at Ghost Ranch, <laughs> learning uh, birth story listening, <laughs> right? And big pops in birth story listening, because once you learn birth story listening, you'll never hear a birth story ever the same, ever again. Um, and it was really magical. And I was only like half in it. I was studying for the norm. And um, I knew you were going to be there. And I knew that you were a midwife. And I just really wanted to meet you. But I was like really cool about it. I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> just all cool. Chill. And then you sat next to me at lunch one day. And I was like telling my sister, you know, I was all into it. Um, but I didn't know. Um, one thing about being a queer midwife is I don't know a lot of really accepting and really okay midwives like the midwifery community where I live is very white and Christian and heteronormative and not gay friendly and the kind who like will talk about you in your other room and it's not great and um by meeting you you were like yeah you'll just assist other people you have your bags in the car and you were like really you know like encouraging as a midwife and I appreciate that so and I didn't get a lot of that and I still don't so that's how we met and then um my friend and practice partner Mary was like we're gonna go to this aware practitioners and I was like it's kind of a lot of money and like I'm real broke coming out of school no we're gonna do this and so we did and it was fantastic I like I just loved it so much I just loved it so much so one of the things that I wanted out of this was to show leadership to the breach community you're kind of like role modeling to me to how to show leadership in the breach community in Houston yeah. and that's what I want um, I haven't birthed a breach baby I will not birth a breach baby that time of my life is over um, but I still want to show up for people in a way that lots of folks don't have anybody showing up for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, I know. You're right. Okay. You know, she knows. I don't have to breach explain that to you. So um, I guess that's really the intention here is how can I show up more to the breach community in Houston and maybe a little bit of your journey of showing up for the breach community in San Diego. Well, you know, um, I guess like it, as far as like the journey of showing up for a bridge community means like that the community showed up for me. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, well, in the sense that I came into the midwifery at a time when like bridge in twenties was normalized, at least as far as like talk and um, by my midwife um, in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. And so, or mid nineties. Um, and, you know, and, and so that, you know, that's like my initial agreements. Mm -hmm. about breach was that sense of normalization I was 20 I was 22 mm -hmm. and it was like all right yeah this is just part of midwifery and so um you know when you have certain belief systems about birth that get in place really early in, when you're exposed to birth mm -hmm. um it kind of sticks with you right mm -hmm. and so um that normalization really helped me um had a had my first baby which was a, a long birth at home and um, ended up being at home even though it was long and uh, another baby and and by my third baby which she was born in 2005 she was breech mm -hmm. and um, you know I had a 
little bit of like, oh, do I have to do this? It's a little different. I, at that point, I was already catching babies, so I mm-hmm. kind of knew what the stigma was. And but you know, my my foundational belief systems were in place. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, she was born breech at home, and and uh, you know, and, and with that pregnancy, I had a lot of like, oh, is this? You know, I. I was really, I had a lot of sadness about going back as a mother rather than as a midwife. Mm, was mm-hmm. All this excitement about like birthing from within and birth story listening and um, I'm catching babies and, and I'm going to go back and be a mother. And, mm. You know, so I kind of made a deal with my baby. Was there an age gap between? Eight years. Oh, okay. Eight yeah. years, you know. Um, it's my natural family planning. <laughs> eight years. And, uh, um, but I kind of let her said, Hey, you know, you're going to be on this ride with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so she, she's like, well, maybe you're on the ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's been my, she's been my teacher. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so she was born breach at home and that was pretty, that pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come eight years later, I started to just like really where do I find education to help other people do this as mm-hmm. a midwife? Um, you know, and so I went out seeking mentors and like went out seeking um, things more for birth. Okay. I, did, I wasn't really thinking about the pregnancy part of things. It wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at some point, that's really where Gail and I connected was at a breach comp um, workshop. Oh, okay. And I guess I asked the right questions mm. about like res- resolution and movement and where on the pelvis and when the baby's you know mm-hmm. when the baby's trapped and um and that's how i think i got on her radar at all okay and then i have a she has a granddaughter here so oh. that's my other end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she she comes and visits me right? <laughs> right um but uh yeah and and then of course spinning babies just brought up a lot of things of like, oh, wait a second, you know, now all my tools and my knowledge was like kind of just opening and expanding with right. pregnancy. You know, I mean, I had, I had more ideas with birth itself, mm. you know, from going, I, I went to a midwifery conference in Oaxaca and learned a little bit, mm-hmm. this much information, yeah. this little off the top. Right? Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my journey into it. And mm-hmm. then at this point, I see anywhere from zero to five people a week who are breached. Um, mm-hmm. They're in physician care, they're in midwifery care, now and then in my care. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people coming in, um, some people wanting to do preventative, some people desperate mm-hmm. and frozen. Like, I want, this, range, yeah. you know, I want this baby to turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just do work with body work. A lot of it is actually you start with like, First story listening first story because listening. they're already mm-hmm. traumatized by this cesarean they haven't had. That they haven't had. Hey y'all, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. Mm-hmm. And so we start there mm-hmm. and uh, start with what they've really come here for. Mm-hmm. And then once we work with like just talking and mm-hmm. figuring out how I can really help them that day, because it's going to be different for everybody. Then usually I'll palpate a baby mm-hmm. and just start feeling for restrictions and working with um, different soft tissues involved with the baby's positioning. Mm-hmm. And um, then at the very end, maybe get up on for some gravity on the slant board. Yeah. So um, 
you know, and as a, I also teach midwifery school here. Oh, right. I've forgotten that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, can you say the name of the midwifery school? It's called Nijoni. Okay. Midwifery. And, um, you know, as a, as someone who's kind of getting to get my fingers into curriculum right mm, now, mm-hmm. um, you know, you really start realizing that, uh, breach is actually just, um, an avenue for people to listen differently about head down babies. Mm, okay. You know, it's mm. like people don't want to really know about those head down babies. They already know everything. And so like but with breach, it's like, Oh wow, this is different. And then all of a sudden you're not, you're like, you know, really the breach stuff is also about shoulder dystocia or the breach stuff is also about babies that have a hard time coming down because of the space, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and really just acknowledging that, you know, babies have that inside information. Right. I love it when you say that babies have that inside information. Yeah. I think that phrase plus the part of me that's like an anatomy nerd, like, cause I love anatomy. Like I just go all up into it. Right. Like it just swirls those two pieces that, you know, anatomy, where's the anatomy, where's the baby and the pelvis. And then the babies have inside information and it just like together it rolls. Like those are kind of like the mantras in my head that I think about, okay, let's really think of anatomy and not get, bound because you've heard me say this that um i've been a body worker since 1994 so like i I can make a baby move i might snap that cord and abrupt that placenta but that baby's going head down and i didn't i don't want to be that person and but i don't want to get that hyper focused on um i don't get hyper focused i don't want to get seduced by the desperation yeah that people have yeah you know i think part of the gift of people coming to see me from like you know because because we we can do acbs or external cephalic versions and you know, and, and, and understanding there's a range of that spectrum of each. Mm-hmm. So on one end of the range is like turning that baby with two fingers. Mm-hmm. And the other end of that range is like two providers with their full weight on yeah. that baby, pushing the baby. Right. And those experiences are nothing alike. Right. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm right now, I'm really into this concept of a breach release. Mm-hmm. rather than like immersion. And it's a, you a know, breach release, you know, cause you're releasing this breach and then you know, and there might be moments of encouragement, but there's a tipping point that happens and you know, it's about to happen when that baby's like just starting to like find its way down. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's different than like, you know, using force mm-hmm. and waiting to see if that baby will tip. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a different thought process. And, you know, I've been really gifted because, you know, when, when I'm in, not that everyone here would do, external cephalic versions, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know, when you're working with people who aren't your own clients, you're going to just liability city here. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, appreciating physician or doula referral and just knowing where your boundaries are with people, Mm -hmm. you get a lot more creative. That's true. The parameters let you, yeah, right, because you're not always thinking I'm going to do this one thing. So let me engage all my skills. Let me start thinking differently with my intuition and my Mm -hmm. hands Mm -hmm. and um, what are my tools? Where are the restrictions? Is this baby deep in the pelvis? Is the head caught up under the rib? Like, yeah. What are we really doing here? Yeah. Right. 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 And, and and what is this baby telling us by its position already? What's the information? Yeah. That yeah. It's communicating. Yeah. And then also just realizing like how how much baby, you know, babies don't need much space to move and like just that place of emotion mm-hmm. of like, huh? How can we how can we like really see this differently and step back? Mm-hmm rather than I just want this baby to move. Right, right. <laughs> you know, with this, de- and, and also acknowledging that these babies are talking to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're telling us something and, and we have to listen. 
Karen Strange, do you know her? I sure do. She's a little bit of a whack. I love you, Karen. And she'll be in <laughs> Houston every November until the end of time teaching um, uh, neonatal resuscitation. But um, she always says, is the baby having a good time? Like when we look at birth and labor and start, you know, like how could we make this a more positive experience for this baby? And that's what I wonder sometimes about learning the work that we just learned in the um, Spinning Babies Aware Practitioner course, how to um, create space that even if baby doesn't go head down, how's the baby having a better time? Yeah. You know, not because I can't imagine having your head all wedged up underneath somebody's ribs like that is super comfortable, especially yeah. if the person who is pregnant isn't comfortable and having that chemical signature, you know, of like discomfort, 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 discomfort all the time in their blood. How is the baby having, and the baby's not having a good time. So um, I think about that too. Yeah, you know, no, that's a really that. good point. You know, yeah, I, I agree with, yeah. I agree with that. So, you know, and and that pain is a sign of imbalance, mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. if the baby turns or not. Right, right, right. You know, that, and, and you know, I think the other thing is that I feel like we're losing our skills, we're losing our craft in midwifery. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and, and some, I'm sure some midwives don't, um, maybe they feel like they're carrying it forth. And some midwives are like, yeah, well, you know, time marches on and mm -hmm. things change. And, and yeah, there's an array of how that is, but you know, there's, you know, it's like, how do we kind of group, get back in touch with some of the basic skills mm -hmm. and um you know and and some of that is just like responding to help people with pain it's like right. things have been really colonized into boxes yeah yeah that, this is the this is the pt's job this is the doctor's job this is the, the midwife's job this is like the chiropractor's job and not that i don't appreciate all those different roles mm -hmm. and hats people wear but also realizing that you know, when someone comes in in pain and I'm just going to sit here and talk about group beta strep and what mm. they're going to do for the end of pregnancy. And that's how it is. You're in pain because you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Without like when I have tools to respond. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's nice starting to have those tools, but also like, because I'm working with breach, I'm finding that because I have a small home birth practice, so mm -hmm. I do like three births a month, mm -hmm. which is kind of a lot for me. Sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, well, it's it's for a home lot. birth. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot, mm -hmm. and it, but it's that's it for me. Mm -hmm. And um, where was I going with this? Oh, you just don't see a lot of uh, I don't want to say high risk, but you don't see as much different things like um, different uteruses or or different amounts of amniotic fluid. Like you might see it now and then, just mm -hmm. or even just briefly, and then it goes away in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, when you see more people coming, you know, out of physician care to, to seek assistance. It's, it's really um, beautiful for my skills. Mm, okay. It's really a gift because I get to um, palpate mm -hmm. and I get to come into relationship with the baby, right, right, right. you know, and go, Oh, wow, this is different. I don't know what's going on, but um, you know, what we're doing is really hands off in certain ways, even though we're hands on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so then you become more we're hands off in the way that we're not like, like just hyper-focused on an objective or yeah no, we're not outcome focused outcome focused right it's which is kind of hard to be when people are so def desperate for their outcome right 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 so we're kind of um softening the journey a little bit here like helping yeah yeah and i'm a firm believer of like let's look at right into that place of um what if i do have a cesarean birth? right mm -hmm. but you know and, and how am i going to how am i going to have what was I looking for in that vaginal birth anyways, or that, that, um, 
you know, natural birth anyways. And not to say that people can't seek out a vaginal breech birth somewhere, but sometimes all of that stress about that cesarean and they're already traumatized by that. And that might be all the space that they need, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and at the same time, Somebody could have a headband with baby in the perfect position and still have a cesarean. And so no guarantees here. Mm -hmm. That's birth. That's birth. That's birth. <laughs> I wanted to mention that um, one of the things I've been doing is kind of compiling breach providers. Um, just real briefly, I was a doula for somebody about I don't know eight six years ago, and uh, in Houston where I live, it rains a lot. Like it it rains sometimes, but when it rains, it rains, right? So. This guy came in one of those big tired, you know, trucks or whatever, came to get me from my house because streets were flooding and we go to the hospital. And, and I remember trying to lean up in the front of the truck, one of these big double cab jobs. And um, I was trying to touch her belly. She goes, don't touch me, we're And I was like, oh shit, okay. And, um, but I didn't like how her belly looked. You know, well, I didn't, it didn't look normal, if you will. And, um, but I tried to lean up and she's a real gentle person. She teaches meditations with horses and her husband is a good old boy who asked me, how do you deal with a confident male in birth? And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> still got hired. And um, so I helped her go pee at triage in the hospital. And there was like tar in her undies. And I was like, oh, there's only one way you get that look, you know, like that. And I was like, okay. So, and she was with the midwife group. And so they did um, an ultrasound. And of course that was a baby's bum right there. And she was complete. And they were like, we got to run down to the OR. And so I remember grabbing everybody's stuff and running. And I remember saying in her husband's ear, um, they're going to want to do a general anesthesia. This is exactly what she didn't want, you know. And so we get over there and the table's real narrow. It's one of those pre-OR, you know, the OR tables. And there's like so many people coming in this room and the nurse is like flipping out. And the midwife, she was at CNN, she's like, it's okay. We're just going to be calm, you know. And then this one doctor comes in and the midwife goes, um, oh, I know, I leaned down and I said to the patient, and my hand was shaking, I was like, <laughs> and the midwife was like, what are you telling her, Rowan? I was like, I'm just telling her her options, you know? <laughs> and then this, like, Mr. Miyagi doctor comes in, and he goes, and the and Titi, the midwife, goes, small baby, complete, nice, big hips, you know? And she had just, like, classic, you know, I could call this, that we could tell externally, or what we can assess externally. And so he goes, okay, I'll do it. And she goes, why would I have the baby squatting? I was like, that ship has passed, you know? <laughs> he goes, a different bed. And then she looked up at her husband and she goes, what do you think I should do? And he goes, I think you should have our baby, boo. <laughs> so sweet. And she did. And like, there were so many people just coming in the room. Like the word was out, right? That this breech birth was going down. And so finally she gets to where, like, it was so interesting, like when the bum was born and then the legs folded out like that. And you could tell that they'd been up by this ear, you know, there's yeah. a little dent. So like, I'd miss it all the Leopold's times before. And then um, she gets tired. So just the head is in and she goes, oh, I gotta rest now. And I was like, now's not the time. <laughs> Let's have a big push. And then she had the baby and there was like a golf clap, you know? And um, I just was like amazed by this, you know, like it was really interesting. That was my first like experience with, like essentially I'd been like, oh, you know, like yeah. breach is normal. Let's just, have, let's just have a baby. Like, come on. And even when I was a student midwife, I would tell my preceptor all the time, like, you know, let's just deliver, like whatever, it'll be fine. But in Texas, you have to um, assist or attend 20 breach births before you can do it by yourself as a CPM. Uh -huh. that's the licensing that's last time I checked that was the rules so I was like oh okay and I have never been to another breach birth besides that one where I was a doula in a hospital yeah. so I went on um, the midwifery education cruise that we have out of Galveston and um, Betty Ann Davis mm -hmm. spoke you know 
And she did all this education. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm a beach, beach provider. I'm going to like get ready. I'm going to like, you know, get my birth, get my little sheet and everything. And at the end of her presentation, she goes, and I would never deliver a breech baby out of hospital. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. You know, it was like the last thing of this day of education. And I just remember going back and talking to my partner, Susie, and I was like, I don't know where I land now. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe, and as I'm a newer midwife, but I'm a little bit like, let's make everything a game here. Because if you have a hangnail, we have to go in. Okay. Like, cause I, I'm just too new a midwife to have a lot of shenanigans. So maybe my part is in the breach release and the body balancing. Maybe that's my calling after, you know, 25 years of being a body worker. Maybe that's where my highest skill set can be. Yeah. You know, where that's kind of, I think that's how I can show up for the breach community in Houston and also gathering resources for other people who do deliver breach, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, and I think as, as people start understanding, you know, the different soft tissues and the different levels of the pelvis, then we can start looking at ways that we might be able to help help a baby out. Mm-hmm. Because once we really know normal for breach, then it's about a, how do we restore normal, right? Right. Okay. You know? And so, um, but I think that all of this work all comes together. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that journey starts from that direction, right? Right. And I get my, my confidence, a little belief in myself, okay? Yeah. And yeah. then work my way up. Because a yeah. year ago, because I've been licensed a year in a month. And like a year and a month ago, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Okay, you know, oh. and now I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we're fine. Let's mm-hmm. have a baby. Um, I also have an extremely cool head with anatomy when like shit's hitting the fan. Yeah. So like even in dystocias and stuff, I've been like, okay, let's feel the yeah. arm and you know. And, and I honestly think that breach, the the like breach when you have complications with breach, it really can talk to the people to do better shoulder dystocia. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, we probably have a high, we have a we definitely have a higher C-section rate for fear of shoulder dystocia than we do for breach. Breach is eleven percent of cesareans in the U.S. Oh, which is still kind of high. Yeah. Right? yeah. If you took that, like all the cesareans are hundred percent, it'd be yeah. about eleven percent, right? Okay. Um, but you know that fear of shoulder dystocia is all the other things, <laughs> like just it's like what they would call labor dystocia or CPD or mm-hmm. um, you know lack of patience or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, and that's like the higher amount of cesarean births and um, and really once you get to know like um, you know you can still use the same things that you would use for a shoulder dystocia for stuck breech arms because the stuck breech arms is you know everybody talks about that head. But what about those arms, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so you're going to use some of the same same maneuvers and the same, same thought process. Yeah, you know, I, I had never been to a vaginal breech birth um, until uh, until I get delivered. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of came out, my, my baby before that baby was um, unassisted for various reasons. And, um, and here I had this baby, so my confidence level was pretty high, right? Because mm-hmm. I came from that you know, mm-hmm. belief systems, although probably a little less high than my husband's because mm-hmm. I was already attending births. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, once you go to more births, you know, more stuff can happen. Um, but it was the same thing where, you know, like when baby started coming out, you know, it's like that place of a lot of pressure. And then I, I actually thought somebody was wiggling my baby. Oh, uh-huh. and I looked down and nobody's there. She's just wiggling herself, wiggling herself on out and how right. she helped. Right. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it was a wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And then I pushed and then boom, <laughs> both legs go down and then wiggle, 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 wiggle. And, you know, I felt that pressure boat and pushed and elbows came out. Oh, okay. And then arms, you know, and then I was yeah. done too. But, um, yeah. but, uh-huh. but, you know, that, that, uh, that sensation and, and it, those babies are helping when they're head down too, right? Yeah. 
we just see it with breach and we have more to track when things are breach, right, right? right we got more yeah so we're in the international breach community you got people you have doctors who are like looking at the details of like tone inflection color of baby and rotation and all of these different things and it's like don't you know this is where we're hands off because the baby's going to do the tummy scrunch right now to flex its head because mm. it's a nor or to bring itself around and if you can't if it can't bring itself around we know to help right mm -hmm. and all these details are done in head down babies it's like you know let's just do the same thing we've always been doing because they're not yeah, helping right. right so it's it's so interesting it's like wow where's that translation right of those details and like really getting in there and you know doing mris over pelvises and and let's look at those 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 cardinal movements again and again and again and it's like let's you know we can do that for head down babies too right get some of these nuances that are skipped yeah. over mm -hmm. yeah because everything's fine but said there's all this learning opportunity yeah 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 and it, but it's neat that people are doing it right on right on yeah because i remember betty and davis gave us a lot of um resources and a lot of tracking different research and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i think maybe i was just kind of discouraged so i just closed my notebook and yeah I, I had a um where i met gail at that breach workshop it was peter j o'neill is an ob from canada and betty ann was presenting mm -hmm. and, um and then that's actually where i met gail is because you know peter j o'neill had us like do multiple simulations i think i did 10 primaries and you know 20 something assists and like mm -hmm. 84 observes for like the simulations and it was all with a person reclined and it was the same thing getting the legs off the horse sweeping the arm doing the vanna white mm -hmm. right and then you know doing the the smelly bite or smelly crop call it flexing the head and then someone did super cubic at that time or bundle pressure whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it and there you have your baby and that's it and we did it over and over and then when betty ann got up there she was like let's just make every, all these babies get shut, stuck and all the all the shit hits the fan, right? Okay. And and I, I'm like, well, I, a lot of people in the room were like, I think we're gonna do everything on the back because <laughs> that was all easy. Uh -huh. And you're gonna do the same thing with the complications mm -hmm. and you're gonna do the same rotations and then you have like your little tools and and then we learned love set maybe, maybe in there at some point. We did like mm -hmm. you know, a love set with just the pelvis. And the interesting thing though is when Betty Ann was doing upright breach and showing like some pretty, intense videos um there was a huge line for hers and then gail was happened to be attending mm -hmm. and so you know when she get up and she draw like the pictures of, mm -hmm. of all what was going on and she had my line and or had a line and i just grabbed it and jumped in because there's not many people in that line and mm -hmm. and it was great because gail was more of like on this place of this is what's normal what do you you know this is what's normal and i was like wow this is just like flip-flop mm -hmm. you know we're gonna flip over the hands and knees and, you know, get a leg up for more room through your mm -hmm. hand and you're going to um, turn the baby to the oblique or actually going to rotate the baby till you're, you know, able to get the arm out and get mm -hmm. the baby, you know, and help that baby back into SA and, you know, and so like on the plane, on the way home, I just kept thinking about that time with Gail and I'm like, okay, I know what normal is now and trying to make an acronym for oh, it, okay, right? uh -huh. you know, and I'm like, I'll playing around with acronyms, you know, how I can teach only way i learned right, right yeah you know so i was like you know pray that baby goes through the arch and it was like a asymmetrical rumping um uh rotation to sa you know mm -hmm. uh uh cleavage oh right okay you know, and then head inflection but um you know it's like trying to come up with it but it, i i found that confidence really you know like you know betty ann was really laying it down because she like testifies for a lot of people who didn't know what she does mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know and um 
and you know, although we appreciate the hands off the breach, you know, it's kind of like the passive patience, like the old paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. And in spinning babies, that's one of the paradigm shifts I like to kind of highlight is this passive or patience or no patience, you know, which is more obstetrical paradigm. But like, how do we do active patients and observational patients? Right, 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 right. You know, and have that checklist, even though like, so that for the people who need to do something. That we're ready. Yeah, that we know. Like, we oh, know this is do. normal. We mm -hmm. can, you know, this is normal. This is normal. And especially for like this new generation that has to be doing and doing and doing. We just create non-doing checklists for them to do. Keep them busy. <laughs> Here's your checklist. Check. <laughs> you know, it's kind Over of like here. baby's just been born. Um, rather than the doing on the baby, like tone, color, yeah. flexion, yeah. Yeah. cry. <laughs> yeah, first breath, yeah. All you stuff. know, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Cool. I'm inspired by thinking about all this and, and knowing when to, the active patients, that's a good term. Because I often feel frustrated just in my birth community that people are doing stuff all the time. And I'm just like kind of hanging back and like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Yeah. And the person I work at is pretty like hands off. In fact, the midwife, um, this guy told her, <laughs> it was like, um, you're kind of a ghost midwife. You just kind of float in and float out. And she goes, well, you know, he goes, why aren't you going to tell her how to push? And she goes, well, it's her fourth baby. I think she knows how. <laughs> yeah. She didn't need me. She's doing great. Yeah. And she goes, I just kind of put my gloves on. So I, I kind of appreciate that approach to breach and not being so, not being in a place of fear that I have to do something or not do something because of fear, but like I'm just actively being patient and seeing yeah. if something yeah. needs supported or help, then we'll do it. And if not, yeah. All right. Yeah. My um, favorite breach story that I want to tell you is that um, I have a tattoo artist friend named Catfish. And so um, he had a wife, he has a wife named Susie, who's real tough, you know, uh -huh. and Susie had a baby when she was 17 that um, she found another um, family for she was okay to be pregnant, but not a parent. So she adopted that baby out and then got pregnant, I guess she must have been in her early thirties, maybe she was pregnant. And so they were seeing me for body work. I was bartering for tattoos. It's a very good idea. That's why I got all these. And uh, he says, Susie doesn't want to come in today. She's like, just not feeling good or whatever. So apparently that night at like, um, well, I guess the next morning at like 2 a.m. He was, um, he was actually in his bed. You know, Ben, let's go to the hospital. Like, I think might be having a baby. And so he said that they walked in and they were going to the elevators. You know, it's deserted. Or walked into the ER, going to L&D. And she goes, Ben, my water just broke. So he goes, I was trying to get her pants off. I was like, give me your jacket. She goes, the baby's coming. She goes, give me your jacket. She goes, Ben, I looked for this Louis Vuitton vintage of for two years. And you can't have it. <laughs> so um, he gets her pants off and he goes, and there's an orderly or a janitor trying to find me a sheet. And he goes, and as soon as I got her pants off, a set of blue balls fell in my hand. And he goes, I thought I broke my baby. <laughs> and so he delivers his own breech baby in front of the elevators with a janitor. You know, yeah. I just see a lot of them go like that. If Catfish can deliver his own baby. Well, yeah. She delivered the baby. He, he if Catfish her. can have his hands <laughs> there ready and Susie can deliver this baby yeah. and not take off her good Louis Vuitton. That's right. Score. That's right. Good for you, Susie. Um, you know, like how many times does, does, is it like that? And how many times do we, should we do something or is it indicated? And then learning to know the difference, right? So that's kind of where yeah. I'm at right now. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, is there anything else that you want to, um, tell a community it's not a very big community but i'm still going to keep talking um is there anything that you want to tell the community or tell me that or anything else that you, needs to be said well i don't know i mean there's a lot to say about breach
they're not really anything on my mind right now. Okay. So but I'm glad you had a good workshop. This workshop was the biz. And I want to encourage anybody who is thinking about doing the Spinning Babies Aware Practitioner, whatever platform you're on, because I'm a, um, a birth center midwife. I work with a high volume Medicaid clients um, in Houston, Texas, but I'm also a body worker. And wherever you are in the range of being a doula or an RN or I don't know, even, I don't even know, like chiropractors, we had chiropractors. Yeah. yeah. We don't, we don't do a doula. We don't have doulas anymore. Oh, okay. Um, although at some point, you know, maybe they'll do something with doulas. Oh, it was we a yoga used, person. But we used yoga. to have doula. Uh, we uh. used to have doulas. The problem is they were complaining about how it fit within their scope of practice. Which is an excellent and, point. Um, and so it was actually because of the doulas that we decided not to have the doulas. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yoga practitioners? Yeah, I think there's a certain level of anatomy um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure where on that level, like they have to have had something along their journey mm -hmm. that um, was, you know, equivalent, like some yoga people have already done nursing or, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't right. know where the yoga practices come in, but for sure, PTs, chiropractors, body workers, uh, midwives, CNMs, nurses, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's an interesting intersection because, um, you know, it, if anything, it starts getting like even even for nurses and or people working in the hospital, they may not be able to use this stuff in the same way a body worker would, mm -hmm. but they might start thinking outside the box as far as the levels of the pelvis. Mm -hmm. You know, like wow, what else is going on in here? Mm -hmm. You know, spinning babies is just this thing of giving some um, some organization to all this stuff. But right. once we get, we can start like thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. Once we start noting, knowing relationship and mm -hmm. well yeah that anatomy is a relationship you know mm -hmm. so right on right. i also want to say um to any duels out there who do want to come to this go become a massage therapist because it's not going to be that expensive an investment i mean i think it's like three to five grand which is not saying that that's nothing but becoming a body worker who can work with um spinning babies type of information is gold and being a doula massage therapist is also gold and i'll probably make a video about that that's um well first of all i'm always trying to talk people to me about body workers in fact there was a nurse from canada that i ended up working with at the um the training right now and she was i've been thinking about going to, i was like you should you should go to massage school she goes but i don't know really how i'll apply it i was like listen it's going to like to community college once you go a couple of semesters at community college even if you don't get a degree it will change how you touch people forever forever oh and i want to say shout out to pam peach because i was in a hot tub yesterday with somebody from the group her Deanna I don't forget Mary last name Deanna but she was a CNM from Athens and she went to midwifery school with Pam Peach's daughter Mariah and Pam Peach was um, a farm midwife that told me to go to midwifery or told me to go to massage school in 1993 so that's why I became because I was like I want to be a midwife Pam Peach and she's like girl I see how you touch people you need to be a massage therapist like I don't want to touch people for money that's gross and she said, do it. And so then I did. And, um, and I've never, ever regretted that. And I can't even, like, I've been a professional massage therapist well, since 94 is when I graduated. And I immediately started doing trauma body work, became a trauma touch therapist with Peter Levine's work. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, always, it's always served me so well. So for folks who maybe who want to get into birth work and are doulas and, are, and want a, like a a regulated way that they can earn while maybe they further birth education or maybe they stop there. Like you will never ever regret that. And if that's one of the ways you can come into 
because spinning babies are a practitioner, like girl, get it, or dude, get it, or non-binary person, get it. Like it's but you know, and also serves well. it, also for midwives, you know, because the oh, thing yeah. is, like with midwifery, it's like we, you know, it, it it's so important. I mean, to know how to touch and and know how to like come into relationship with the body and um and and I think I was we were talking about this at the at the workshop, you know. Midwifery doesn't have to be pigeonholed with burst. Okay. You know, we mm -hmm. don't have to pigeonhole it with like being on call all the time or um, not making enough money. Like, oh, to make enough money to have a lifestyle I need, like, do I do six to 10 birds a month and this and this and that? Like, there can be some, some overlap in what kind of services that are, well, what midwifery is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Maybe midwifery for some people is doing, you know, what some people call postpartum doula work, but, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it but with like some extra skills to it, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe midwifery work is, you know, working with well person care and, mm -hmm. or, or maybe it's doing what we do for um, positioning of baby and the comfort mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. parent um, for even people in position care, right? Right, right, right? Or being on call for people who are having stall labors, like, hey, could you come out? I could, you know, we did that now and mm -hmm. then like, hey, we, we've been doing this and that, what are we gonna do next? Mm -hmm. Could you come just do a body sessions? People don't call me for that. Mm. They, they call everybody, which I, which is fine. <laughs> At some point, you're happy to sleep through the night, um, or just be on call for your own births. Right. Okay. <laughs> sleep through the night more often. More often, and you know that's something I actually have been struggling. I don't. I hadn't told you this, but um, that's something I'm struggling with a lot because it seemed like I put becoming a midwife on hold. Oh, it's emotional. I want to cry, so that's why I know I'm getting somewhere with myself. Um, I wanted. I wanted to become a midwife for so long. And then I finally got here and it doesn't look like what I thought it would. Somehow I thought that I would not become a body worker, not be a body worker anymore, but I would have this robust home birth and I had this groovy old house I used to live in. And I had to give up my house when I went through midwifery school because I couldn't string my mortgage. Midwifery is a jealous girlfriend. Um, so like a lot of things fell away. And so now that I rebuild that, I'm not having that, oh, you know, go to the midwife's house and you know, like kind of that kunandetta type of vibe that I had before. And so like reimagining, oh, I'm gonna work in a birth center mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be on call every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna do clinic once, you know, once a week and it looks very different. And also maybe I'm having to check my self-esteem um, in that I'm, I'm promoting the midwifery model of care if you wanna deliver at the birth center and not like you love me, Rowan, your midwife and I'm the only person who could have helped you get that birth, right? Right in my mind. I want to be but I think that was part of the going to be the giving back to myself after such a hard time of becoming a midwife I thought oh this will, this will I don't know somehow it'll save me and I've seen that role model to me which is not great either I don't like that look on them I don't want that look for myself but apparently a small part of myself still really wanted that right so I'm like reconciling that right now and kind of being tender with that part of myself and but growing myself into logistically working at a birth center so that if I'm on call that weekend I can have people come in, we can do labor checks, that type of stuff, still see my clients. Oh, okay, now I need to cancel my clients for the day so I can attend this birth. Um, it's much better logistically and it's much better financially, but it looks very different than I thought it would. Yeah, well, you know, I, I wanna kind of back up to midwifery. You know, I think we have this idea that midwifery starts when um, we start midwif midwifery school and really it starts from the moment that you know you're a midwife. And so like that, the, the body work school is part of your midwifery journey. And, and everything that we do from that moment that we like are in and we get that like feeling, right? Mm -hmm. That 
and even if it ends up being that we're just a different kind of healer and we don't ever do midwifery like that's where that's that's where people become the midwife is when they know mm. and then everything you do from then on is towards you becoming the midwife okay and i, I mean that's my firm belief we've, we've gotten down to these like schools as being like that 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 place where you can say yeah now i'm gonna start becoming a midwife or now i became a midwife and it's like you're midwifing all along and down that 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 path and um and then when you birth yourself as a midwife like officially whether it's like you're licensed or you pass the norm or whatever it is you know I'll, that you're still uh, everything you do is not the outcome or, or the mm -hmm. end result like it's adding to like who you are for your skills and abilities to practice and and how that like cross fertilizes with all these other things mm -hmm. like even if it's just getting to know certain aspects of the clients who come in or, or, or the families you interact with or, or the way the Medi-Cal system works, mm -hmm. you know, or what you pull from all these places adds to creating something completely different because honestly, a lot of these systems, like none of them are perfect. And how do we create another imperfect system that's also going to grow even a little bit more healthy yeah. and get closer to something that we really want that serves people better, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, and everybody, we're all trying to do this from different directions. And, you know, how do, how do we kind of network and become like, you know, we were doing the fascia thing the other day, you know, mm -hmm. like how do we network and, and, and kind of grow it together, right? Mm -hmm. Whether someone's doing one thing in the hospital or at home or in a birth center, but how do we start, like, I, I guess like the tools and the paradigm shifts are the unifying factor, mm -hmm. you know, for, for like transforming, um, and that, and then that sexiness of that midwife who's like, you know, oh, you know, like I had that with my first midwife. Like she had her house, it was mm -hmm. so nice, and she'd make me toast and mm -hmm. tea and all that. And um, you know, and I used to do out of my house. I sometimes think about going back. You know, when people walk through my kitchen, and I'd be like, "Don't play that music for this couple right now." To my like teenagers, you know, like I'm all the afternoon couples are okay. <laughs> you can play music, or or um, you know, I didn't have matching towels in my house and. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like the OCD people like fell off really quickly when they interview, mm -hmm. like, oh, you're nice and all, sorry, I'm so here. Um, and that wasn't a bad thing, but I didn't want to clean my house for an hour a day, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, it doesn't look exactly how you thought it would be, but there's something about that vision and fantasy that matters though. Yeah. And that, and that has to do with like the kind of relationship it symbolizes to us. Okay. More so than, you know, the tea and the coast and the nice house, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or the kitschy little wooden house, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's something about that relationship that's like, how do we how do we get that? How mm -hmm. do we get that grain? Even if it's not in that place. I mean, we're sitting in some kind of office like arthritis, but got like nice mm -hmm. looking walls. Mm -hmm. That's a good thought because right now I'm also in a, um, it's on an arthritis building, but it's a medical building, same situation. And it's less warm than this place is actually too. And so how is wherever I move in this birth center or another birth center, how am I moving more towards my, my goal or that, that sense than that way? Yeah. Well, my computer just told me it's 12 o'clock. So we've been talking. Right. Um, I appreciate you spending time with me. Of course. I'm glad you can make it to the workshop. It was yeah. good to see you again. You know, I, I was really excited that you signed up because, because the, the birth story listening stuff mm -hmm. and the body work stuff, 
comes together for trauma, abuse, uh, birth, everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And and how we like talk about working with breach skills, you know, mm -hmm. just being able to like really hear someone and and witness them and mm -hmm. work with their their trauma before you can do the body work and then working with somatic release on the postpartum side, like all of that, just like. It all goes together so yeah. nicely. So it's good to see you at both places. And oh. I was excited that you were coming, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, it was good. It was, um, it does all go together very well. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be here. So can you just say the name of your practice? Um, it's uh, called Art of Opening. Art um, of Opening. Yeah. Okay. So still have a small home birth practice here in, in San Diego. All right. And I'll make sure that in the show notes, your, um, your web presence does link there and Okay. Some of the other things that you do. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Well, thank you. Right. Thank you. And I do love you very much. Uh, like, thank you for like, you know, flipping off me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need it, people. All right. This is Rowan from Preggers Can Be Choosers and Nicole Morales. Franklin Morales? Frank Morales, Franklin. Uh, Franklin Morales. But... Franklin Morales. Signing off. And uh, we're going to keep talking. You just keep listening. Thank you. Oh, thank you.